Today's reading is Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 20, Saul's conversion. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, Suddenly, a light from heaven flushed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. How are we all doing? I'm thinking you're all doing a lot better than myself. <laughs> but it is humbling to be in your presence this morning. And for those who don't know me already, my name is Ivan. Um, I am an ordinand in training, which means I am training to become a priest. And I am on placement here at All Saints till I think June or September of next year. So it is, as I said, very humbling to be with you this morning to share in this story that we've just had read. It is a story for me that brings so many images to my mind. I do not know about you, but when we read or when I hear this story read to me or when I read this story, there's something new 
every time for me. And this morning is not an exception. It is the story of Saul's encounter with the risen Christ as Saul journeyed down to Damascus. That's it. Sermon is done. <laughs> no, but seriously, that encounter on the way to Damascus must have been clearly one of Luke's favorite stories to tell. And I'm now imagining people asking, Luke, where did Luke come in in all of this? Well, scholars have said that Luke, the writer of Luke's gospel, is the same person who wrote the Acts of the Apostles. This story we've just read, we've just heard it read from chapter 9 of Acts of the Apostles. But if you go on to read the Acts of the Apostles, you will encounter this same story two more times. You will encounter this story in Acts 22, verses 6 to 16, and also in, Luke, um, in Acts 26, 12 to 18. So this must have meant a lot. And remember, in them times, these things were written in scrolls and they were expensive. And for somebody to write the same story three times, what does that say about the story? More importantly, what does it mean for us today? When we hear this story, the first thing that jumps to our mind is Saul was converted on the way to Damascus. For me, it hits me like this. This story is actually about three people and the risen Lord. So I invite us this morning to take a look at these three people and how the story affects us. First thing, or the first person we see is Saul, of course. But a few things for us to kind of know about Saul is this. We first encounter Saul in Acts chapter 7. And his introduction to us is this. There's a young man who was standing while people were stoning Stephen to death. He was standing there. He approved of the stoning. And those who stoned actually laid their coats by his feet. He was Jewish, born in a Greek town called Tarsus, far away from Jerusalem. He was also a Roman citizen. Now, this was very rare in those times. And Saul actually chose to leave his place of birth to come to Jerusalem to study and train as a Pharisee, making him a devout Pharisee and a teacher of the law of Moses. He loved his country, but he was violently opposed to anyone he considered to be a blasphemer. Here's the thing. At the time of these stories, those who followed Jesus Christ were actually seen as lawbreakers. And Saul was passionate about his mission. And his mission was to see that 
anybody at that time who followed the way, which was what um, those who followed Christ were called in the beginning, that they were persecuted, and that he made his mission. Again, we find that he clearly was a leader of those Jesus warned his disciples about before leaving them, as we find in John 16, 2, where it is claimed that Jesus said, they will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering a service to God. So, how do you see Paul now? I'm um, Saul, not Paul, sorry. We won't get, we'll get there in a minute. But so Saul clearly thought that what he was doing was serving God. And he says Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Acts 8.3. We have heard it read this morning, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Saul went to the high priest and asked them for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He kind of realized that he was talking to an authority bigger than the authority that he was following because he answered and he asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. It is so easy to equate Saul's persecuting followers of the way with any modern day occurrence that we hear of where there are places in this world today where people who follow Christ are still persecuted. And what joy it is for us to live in a society where that is not happening. Where we can freely proclaim the name of our risen Christ without fear of anybody coming to say, why are you saying that name? You can only understand it if you actually go out there and see. I come from, from Nigeria originally. There are places in the northern part of Nigeria where Christians are daily persecuted, where Christians are slaughtered because they call on the name of Christ. And a few miles down from where this happens, no such thing takes place. And so it is on us as Christians to continue to pray for those who find themselves in situations or places where they are still persecuted for calling on the name of Christ. At this point, 
Let me bring in the second person in this story. Verse 10 tells us, Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Did you hear that? This is the same person that we were told is ravaging the church, entering house after house, dragging off men and women and committing them to prison. Ananias has actually just said again to the risen Lord, this man is evil. And Jesus Christ says, what? I should go see this person that's killing everybody. Bring it back to today. We are all disciples of Christ. I just mentioned the place in Nigeria where they still kill, kill Christians. If that message were to come to you today, and that name changes from Ananias to your name, oh, maybe let me use myself. Ivan, Ivan, go to... <laughs> Go to Nigeria and go save those people or go there. Somebody there that I want you to meet. And when you meet that person, life will change for the others there. I'll be like, uh, my passport is expired. How will we receive the Lord's command? Would we be like Ananias and show that initial fear? While we ponder that within, I think it's the right time to bring the risen Christ in here. I say bring him in here, but he's always been part of the story up till now. The risen Christ who saw encountered on the road to Damascus encounters him as a blinding light and a voice. Ananias encounters him as a vision and a voice. The risen Christ is more than that man from Nazareth. The risen Christ is the power of God's promise that there is life beyond death. 
there is peace beyond fear. And there is unity beyond boundaries of race, religion, and politics. The risen Christ who told Ananias, go, for he's a, cho- a chosen vessel of mine. The risen Christ who sent Ananias to go to Saul had authority more than those who actually sent Saul to come persecute him. Because as we go on, Scripture tells us Saul becomes the Apostle Paul. Saul becomes the Apostle Paul who spread the good news of Jesus across the Roman Empire. The one who fought for racial unity between Jews and Gentiles. We need to understand something. The risen Christ that Saul encountered is different from Jesus who the first disciples encountered because he was truly human. They fished together, they ate together, they fellowship together. That was Christ in human form. So as Saul encountered the risen Christ, when the disciples became apostles, they also encountered the risen Christ. The risen Christ shines light into our darkness. And more importantly, the risen Christ transforms. But but Saul and Ananias were transformed when they encountered the risen Christ. Because the light of the risen Christ transformed their lives, disrupted it a bit, transformed it, and changed them into a new way of seeing. If you remember the scripture we just read this morning when we went on when Ananias went to see Saul this is the same person who was saying to Christ that this man is evil, this man is that when he got there he greeted Saul by saying my brother see what's happened there he now started seeing in a different light because he greets Saul as his brother. Saul, on the other hand, things changed for him. He could see again, baptized in the name of Jesus, the same person who was ravaging the church, entering house to house, taking men and women and bringing them to prison (laughs) was now fellowshipping with those same people. Somebody say, praise God. (laughs) No, but seriously, he had a mission. He had letters given to him to go into Damascus and bring Christians, well, people of the way, bound to Jerusalem. Three days later, 
he was fellowshipping with these same people that he swore or made his own life mission to arrest, to kill, or to put in prison. My brothers and sisters, both men, before encountering the risen Christ, lived in a shadow. Ananias lived in the shadow of fear. Saul lived in the shadow of hatred, hatred and self-righteousness. Encountering the risen Christ transformed them. From the time they met and looked at each other, all they saw was a fellow human being standing in front of each other, created in the image of God and worthy of love and respect. This is where we meet the third person in our story. Remember I said the, the story was about three people and the risen Christ. We have met Saul. We have met Ananias. Why guess? Who is the third person? Well, that person is us. It is you. It is me. So here's a question for us today. What are the shadows in which we hide? What are the reasons that cause us to see a person who is different than us and live in fear and hatred? I ask because every time we do not see the other as same, but see a person different and live in fear and hatred, instead of seeing a human being created in God's likeness and image, we are on the road to Damascus. We are blinded by the bright light that makes us helpless without God in our lives. We are helpless without God leading us, helping us, guiding our paths, guiding our thoughts, and everything that concerns us. We are not alone. Christ promised that we will not be left alone. And the risen Christ sent us a helper in the Holy Spirit. What place does the Holy Spirit play in our lives? We need to ask our risen Christ to help us to listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit. The next statement I'm going to make, I don't know how it came about, but it just came. He says, we cannot do life on our own. Or we should not live life on our own. We need prayers. God's word tells us to pray without ceasing. In other words, we should always be ready to communicate with the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't, and we neglect to pray, we snuff out the Holy Spirit in our lives. James 4, chapter 2 tells us, 
we have not because we ask not. He says, ask and it shall be given unto you. And if we do not ask, nothing will be given unto us. When we also neglect to study God's word, we snuff out the spirits. See, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us what the word means. To use the word to encourage, to discipline, and instruct us. Where are we today? Remember, both Paul, uh, Saul and Ananias were transformed when they encountered the risen Christ. Both men encountered the light of the risen Christ and were transformed. Again, I ask, what about us? There really, really isn't much to say about this. As we sit, let's begin to search our minds from within. Let's begin to confess. It's quite interesting when we, we came in this morning and we were praying. I was thinking it, Reverend Jenny was praying it, and I thought, wow. And I had to share. Why was I thinking what she was praying? And I said something like, there is a reason why we're all seated here in this building. Oh, and my apologies for those watching online. I, I, I beg your pardon, I didn't say hello, but yes, same to those who are watching us online. There is a reason we could be any other place, but we are here. Why are we here? We're all linked together. There is something. And all we need to do is open up to the spirits and open up to one another. We need to open up to the spirits and open up to ourselves. And so as I invite the worship team to come back, can I please ask if you can stand? And as we stand, let us reflect on where we are in our journey through life. Are we on the road to Damascus? Have you met the risen Christ? Is there anyone amongst us today who has not met the risen Christ? Come, encounter the risen Christ today and your life will be transformed. I have another question. What is keeping us from living out God's purpose? What is our mission in life? Are we living out our own mission? Or are we living God's mission? And happy to partake. Happy to be called, to be chosen, to be the ones who partake in his mission. Are we telling others about Jesus? You see, those on the road to Damascus were those saved by the risen Christ. Were those who were changed 
by his grace and they live and love to partake in God's mission. The bright light of the risen Christ drives out our negativity. It exposes the truth that we are all children of God. A God who is always reaching out across boundaries to the extent that as we seek reconciliation, we begin to find ways to say we are one. We are one. United in the solidarity as God's sons and daughters. The people around who pray with us, if you need prayers, please, Reverend Jenny here and others who pray, please go pray. As I pray this in closing, may the risen Christ transform us by renewing our minds that we may learn to understand his will for our lives, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Thank you for the opportunity to grow spiritually and transform. Help us focus on godly values and ethical attitudes that will help us flourish spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Amen. Amen.